A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Welcome to the Kaleidoscope Podcast, where the lore hounds your guides to a multicolor heist. I'm John. And I'm David. And this is our coverage of the Netflix original series, Kaleidoscope, the yellow episode. Each episode, we're going to cover an episode of this unique show that allows you to watch in any order you want. Check the show notes for our full watch order. In this episode, we'll be doing a scene-by-scene breakdown of the episode titled Yellow. As Netflix has randomized the viewing order for each user, be sure to manually select each episode if you want to follow along with us. A reminder, you can send us feedback to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com, and we'll get to those emails on our season wrap-up podcast, which will drop February 1st of 2023. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year, David. If you want to keep talking Kaleidoscope with us, join us over on the Bald Move Discord. Link in the show notes and at baldmove.com. We have a well-moderated server and dedicated thread set up for Kaleidoscope. Each episode is siloed, so you can join the conversations at any time without fear of spoilers. A quick reminder about our Patreon. If you like what we're doing and want to support us directly, check us out at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. For just three bucks a month, you can get ad-free versions and early access and more. Of course, you can get our ad-supported podcast on our Lorehounds feed by searching for us on your podcast application of choice. All right, David, so 
what are we doing here with this show? Because this is a weird one. It really is. And I I have to say, I've had no small amount of angst over how we're going to podcast cover this thing. Um, binge, binge model uh, shows are tough as it is. And uh, you really just don't get the kind of downloads and buzz that you do when you have a, a week-to-week show. So it's always a bit of a nail-biter with these kinds of things. And... Um, this complicates things with this non-linear structure, uh, with everybody getting their different, you know, algorithmic choices, you know, the Netflix algorithm giving you what, you know, serving you up some sort of random thing. So we decided just to take an arbitrary um, listing and just go with it and, and record it. And um, so far, looking over at the order that we chose, which was really not at all considered, we just sort of grabbed something off the internet. I think it's kind of a cool order. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm super interested from what I've already seen. Yeah. And I should be clear, we've already both watched Yellow and Green. Correct. Because originally we were going to do this as a double episode where we do two episodes each podcast. But right. it looks like this is so interwoven that I think that it makes sense to split them up. And we'll still release them at the same pace, so two episodes a week. Right, yeah. But um, we're going to split them up because if people come in and they just want to watch one episode and listen to us and they're following a different order, I think it makes sense to give them that option. Yeah, and it gets a little funky with time codes, with the automatic ad insertions and things like that. So, yeah, I think you're right. And we'll just keep them a nice, tight, sort of 45 minutes to an hour, not our usual long-winded lorehound conversations that we had. That we right. generally have. So so as far as spoilers, yes. what I think we should do here is not reference any other episode when we right. talk about these episodes. Uh, that's good to me. Yeah. We're going to just silo each podcast as if we have not seen any of the other show. Right. That sounds good. That way, no matter what order you watch in, you can still listen to our podcast. I think that's a fun way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. And that'll, I've seen some people on our Discord already chatting about it and like people debating like, oh, what order should, should I watch with the Lorehounds or should I just do my own thing? And I think people are kind of all over the place. So I think, yeah, like yeah. just giving people the podcasts and, and then they can catch up to them as they want. I think that works. That'll work pretty well. Yeah, and then we will talk about how the episodes intertwine on our season wrap-up on February 1st. Yeah, sounds good. So we're going yellow, green, blue, violet, orange, pink, red, white. And we'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, because that's not something you can just remember. No. This show (laughs) is a really interesting concept. I'm really excited to get into it, and I think it's time to do that because we've got a lot of podcasting ahead of us now. All right. So, David, what were your overall thoughts on Yellow? Yeah, Yellow, you know, I was a little bit um, underwhelmed by it, and I know we're keeping our green, you know, we're keeping our silos on our different episodes, but I have watched Green, and I can say I enjoyed Green a lot uh, versus Yellow. But that said, I'm, I'm really keen on this whole concept and this whole story. I think the just kind of an an initial feeling the showrunners feel very uh, I don't know sort of self satisfied a little bit they seem to be like really <laughs> reveling in the fact of what they're making so there's a lot of esprit in the in the steps of the of the show it's a very slick production it's um it's very I think very well thought out I think they're having a lot of fun you know playing with this concept. Um, and I'm really interested to see how these different uh, episodes all play out, the different tone and tenor and 
pacing. Yellow for me was meh. Um, there were some great things that I really enjoyed, and then there were some things that that I was just it was a little bit of a miss for me. But that may just be entry into this store this version of storytelling. So I'm I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's bad or anything like that. I just like it it didn't quite grab me, but I also didn't know what to expect. So, you know, maybe that's my own little confusion. Um you know, and we're we're getting these characters raw, right? Like we don't have yeah. any backstory to them. We don't know what's going on with them. And so it's a lot to to take in and so and orient to. I will say though that Yellow is a very good episode to enter on. I mean, I can't compare it to other I ones, agree. but you know, it seemed to really set up very nicely what's at stake and what's at stake between the characters as well as the heist. Not so much the revenge aspect of it, but certainly the heist aspect of it. We can definitely tell that there's a lot going on. So, yeah, it was cool. I I enjoyed it. I'm always in good I'm always in for a good heist. Like I'm I'm down for any kind of uh, heist content. What did you think? Well, you know, I actually loved yellow and okay. I liked it better than green. Okay. I think that this might be a case of different expectations going in because yeah. you pitched a show to me and you were really excited about the show. Yeah. So you probably had a lot higher expectations whereas I have been binging Star Wars and other <laughs> fantasy stuff for like months now. Right. And I think that this is not a show that I normally would pick up sure. if we weren't podcasting about it. So I went in saying, all right, I'm going to try to just have a good time. Right. And I loved it. I loved like every minute of it, especially cool. with Yellow. I thought that the pacing was great. Just the music starting out mm, was just yeah. such a good way to set the tone, such a good vibe. And, um, I don't know. I it just really hit all the right notes for me. Oh, that's so great. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, I do want to talk about as we go through the season whether it was a good choice to do this in a random order. Okay. Whether it would have been better to maybe make this the first episode and then and then have a set um, arc of the different episodes. Yeah. Because I don't know if this will actually play out in the end. I don't know if this experiment will work, but I think that's an interesting ongoing conversation we can have. Uh, one thing that I was really interested in it, with the with the storyline itself and the the timeline, because if you haven't looked at the timelines yet, or if the, if you haven't looked at the episode titles in the episode titles, and we have this on our Discord too on the title cards for each of the the channel threads, we you know there's a listing of is it seven years before, twenty four years before, et cetera, et cetera. And I know some people on the Discord were a little confused about that. So definitely check, because that will help you orient. But I, this is a question I have, an open question I have, which we can think, is, is everybody getting white, the heist episode, as number eight? That's a good question. Yeah, I haven't looked around and seen what other people have, but like, I, I, it would be really interesting if everybody ended on the heist. Right, that would be a cool way to yeah. end this series. I think I ended on it, yeah. I haven't seen anybody have a different order yet. Yeah. That. Interesting. Post post up in the Discord or send us an email if you've got uh, thoughts on the order. We'll definitely take those in uh, into account, and we'll have a big feedback episode at the at the season wrap. Very cool. All right, so let's get into our scene by scene breakdown, and I want to talk quickly about how I did this. I took inspiration from your White Lotus approach. Oh yes. Um, for this episode, I felt like things were really centered on three arcs. Okay. So I broke it down by the three major arcs, which I think were the recruitment arc. Yeah the Hannah arc, uh-huh. and the Diamond Way arc. Right. That sounds good. I think those are the three main beats of this show. So right. we're going to not jump around between those three different lines. 
and we're just going to talk about each one of them as a whole. That sounds good to me. Thanks for doing that. Sure. So let's start off with an outline of who we have in the heist here, who yeah. we have on the team. We've got Leo, mm-hmm. which we just get a brief introduction in the beginning. Right. We have Stan. We have Judy and Bob, Ava and RJ. Right. Those are the six that we get up front. So Leo, we get this brief introduction. Yeah. We really don't get a lot about this guy right away. No. He's kind of just the connector between all these people. Right. What did you think about him? You know, it, it, the beginning of this, we get a lot of omniscient narrator and sort of doing that uh, exposition work. Sometimes that can work for me. Um, in this case, it was a little bit awkward for me. I wasn't quite sure. It felt like the exposition okay. was a, a little bit too on the nose. We do get to see, I mean, clearly Giancarlo Esposito is our lead boss man here, right? Like that's, that's very well established, straightforward. And like you say, we don't get a lot of his background motivation yet, which I think we, we get in a later episode. The one thing that I did note was that little hand tremor, which I was very curious about, like, you know, what was going on with that. Yeah. But otherwise, it seemed like, yeah, it looks like Leo's a slick operator. He's smart. He's motivated about something. He's got eyes on the inside. Um, so yeah, like I think all the qualities that you want for a, uh, a heist boss, if you will. In a way, Giancarlo Esposito always plays Gus Fring, <laughs> right? I mean, he always has that like calm, cool, collected right. crime lord right. vibe. Right. Uh, I thought he was a cool character. I thought he was a perfect actor to do this role, Yeah. to really have this like very put together high-class crime lord demeanor. Right. So the next up, we have Stan, who we are introduced through through his toxic family life. While Stan is at work, Leo pitches Stan on a heist of $7 billion in unsecured bonds and hints that he has inside eyes. David, what'd you think of Stan? You know, I wasn't sure what to make of him at first, but he definitely grew on me as the episode went by. I, I was like, okay, is this guy kind of a, you know, a wise ass? Is he like, you know, comic relief? Is he, you know, some sort of unsung hero or something? And I, I really wasn't sure what to make of him. And, but by the end of the episode, I was really vibing with what he has got going on. He's got this sort of tongue in cheek thing, really young, like really young yeah. for a, a master thief, you know, caliber like this. But him and Giancarlo seem to uh, uh, be pretty strongly connected. And um, you, you got to practice your Italian again, David. It's Giancarlo. Giancarlo? The, no, I the, thought. The he, I just makes it, the, the, the G-I in Italian just makes it a J. J. All right. Is he Italian? Yeah, so Giancarlo. Yeah, Giancarlo? he's Italian and African-American. Yeah. Okay. All right. Boy, my, my yeah. Between the Tolkien stuff and the Italian stuff, I'm, uh, I'm winning. That's all right. That's why winner. I'm here. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I like the, the, the vibe that uh, Giancarlo and, and Peter Mark Kendall here uh, have on screen. Uh, I wasn't sure at first it was going to work, but it, it seems to be, yeah, it seems to be good. I like him. I like what they're doing. Yeah. This was a really heartwarming reunion, actually. It's kind of funny how they sort of tugged at your emotional heartstrings of mm-hmm. them reuniting well he's like okay but now help me steal seven billion dollars right he was like yeah whatever this is and he's like seven billion and he's like oh (laughs) yeah all right yeah all right you can you can 
go over and saunter over to the close sign and put that up. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Stock I'll, I'll talk for $7 billion. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And it was a really interesting setup of these unsecured bonds. These yes. things that are basically untraceable cash. Have you, um, now this is, there's some basis in real life around this, right? Yeah. There was a, there was a real life heist during um, um, Superstorm Stan- Sandy, I believe it was. Sandy, yeah. Yeah. And some these bearer bonds, um, which mean that like whoever bears them can cash them in. Um, and apparently that something along those happens. We should dig into that. That would be a good lore hound little thing to dig into. We will definitely do that on a future episode, but not this episode. I thought that this was a really charming scene, but next we have to go to Judy and Bob. Oh, man. We meet Judy and Bob during a lineup in which she simultaneously embarrasses Bob and saves him from prison. Yeah, this was a, you know, I definitely had usual suspects vibes, right? You know, just sort of playing with with the lineup thing. And clearly the wig was, uh, you know, she was, you know, horsing around with that. <laughs> but then when they get to the bar, yeah, Bob is uh, a real stinker. He is not a yeah. guy that I'm looking forward to spending a lot of time with. No, but I think that he's a good character to have in the mix because he's the wild card. Yeah, for sure. As we see in this episode. Yeah, I think that Giancarlo is going to have a lot of trouble planning around this guy. Yeah. So at the bar, as you mentioned, Stan connects Judy to Leo, and then Bob invites himself onto the team. Right. Judy was super skeptical here of Leo. Right. But Leo really sells it, right? Does he? Yeah, I mean, he, he says... Why would I know all these things about this? Oh, job? right, right, yeah. You know, which is, which is, it's. I, I do have to say one thing about this, this plot. It's like very simplistic, right? The, the. I think the tropes are, yeah. are, are, you know, very superficial. But I think if you're doing something this clever and this uh, convoluted, I think it's a good thing to have a very simple plot and have very simple, straightforward right. motivations. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty straightforward, delivered line, like. Oh, yeah. Well, how do I know all this? Oh, okay. Inside person, right? Right. I do think that it was a good way to do exposition without yes. just telling me, right? Exactly. Is it's Giancarlo trying to, I have to stop calling him Giancarlo and start calling him as Leo, but Leo is trying to sell Judy on this idea and trying to lead her down the logical path rather than just telling her. Right. Because she, you know, if she get, if you get Judy, you can get Bob. Right. Well, I don't think that he wanted Bob really, but no, yeah, but it's like two they're they're a package, so such as it is. Yeah. I like what I'm seeing with Judy's characters too. I, I'm I'm hoping to see some more fun um she seems really sassy and and smart and uh and you know, deviously clever. And I'm I'm interested to see what she's gonna get up to this uh in this season. Yeah. They're gonna be a fun couple to watch. So next we have Ava, where Leo recruits Ava to the team to handle documents, and she offers him her armory to make them even on a 25-year-old IOU. Yeah, so obviously laying some tracks there for some some history between the two. They seem to have some romantic chemistry, definitely there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they seem to be definitely intimately connected, so it'll be interesting to yeah. see how their storyline unfolds. She is not a character that I would have expected to see in the lineup of this crew. Especially to be like the armorer, <laughs> right? She's Morgan Freeman's character in the uh, the uh, Christian Bale Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> you don't know those? No, no, no. I'm not a oh, big man. Batman fan. 
This is just this uh, is I know. Just a travesty. Travesty. Shocking. All right. You know what? I'm never coming on MC Universe now. <laughs> DC uh, could... Uh, no. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. I mean, Ava is super cool. I love when Leo asks, how many of these are registers? And she says, to who? Yeah, right. <laughs> really great line. Goofy I guns I think that there. some of the dialogue was a little much. Like yeah. The, how do you feel about repetitive banging? Come on. Come on, that was too much. Well, this is what I'm saying is, is the, the showrunners are feeling like real slick with what they've got right. going on here. And they're winking at us and giving us little nudges and nods uh, in a lot of places. So, which is fun. Uh, but yeah, in a couple places, it definitely was laid on a little bit thick. Right, right. And I agree with you, though. If you are going to do this time jumpy stuff, you need to be able to articulate the plot in an elevator pitch. Gosh, if you imagine if. Um, if the plot was even a little bit more convoluted, it would be really, uh, uh, people would, I think, complain and drop out really quick. So I think it's really good that they're keeping it very um, superficial, very, um, uh, what's, I just want it kind of a candy. Just a, it's just simple candy, right? This is just fun. This is right. just pleasure. And we don't right. need to make it, the, 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 fun, the, the excitement is going to be in the execution and how they rule the storyline together. Um, keep the plot simple and we can all follow along. Okay, last on the team, we have RJ. Yes. Leo and Ava approach Leo's employee, RJ, to be, be their driver. Right. RJ, of course, is RJ Jr., R. RJ. Jr. Jr. <laughs> yes. This guy is wild, huh? Uh, least amount of information so far in the episode. We don't know really anything about him other than, yeah, he's just sort of a, is he a Gen Z kid, millennial kid? I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't into- matter. Our reviews say they don't matter. So. <laughs> People don't like it being <laughs> generational. But yeah, he's a, he's a kid and he's uh, just trying to figure it out, I guess. And, and we'll learn more about him. But yeah, I, I don't know. He's, he's, so far, he's the, he's the biggest blank uh, on the team yet. Let's get a bottle episode with him. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Yep. All right. That's it for the recruitment segment. I think that we've covered everybody. So let's move on to Hannah's arc, because Hannah is this other player that is very prominent throughout this episode, but we don't have a lot of information about her right away. Right. So it begins with a mini heist for us, and this heist ends with a pitch to the triplets, these three very rich people who control half a trillion dollars together, and... Hannah's boss is trying to secure their money to hold in his secure vault. Right. What did you think of this mini heist that we started with? I I thought it was actually really great with Giancarlo's uh, monologue over it. Right. I think this is what threw me. And maybe if I had started with a different color episode, I maybe not have been thrown. But it did throw me a little bit, and uh, again, the, it just seemed like the exposition was a little bit on the nose. It seemed like um, the setup was a little bit obvious in, in coming, but then I didn't know what the, the behind-the-scenes storyline was. And I feel sorry for this poor gal, because it seemed like they, um, Hannah and her Mark certainly had a, a nice romance going, and Hannah had to go and, <laughs> and, and ruin it for her. Um, you know, they uh, bonding over Dickens and, and you know... Nice coffee shops in Manhattan. You know, that was a, it was a sweet little story. But it was a, I, I, as a device for the show and setting us up for who Hannah is and what's going on with Hannah and setting up for the SLS 
uh, stuff. Um, it was very effective. It didn't waste time getting us to what we needed to know and stepping us through, getting us prepped for the, the whole heist, mo- you know, montages and heists and all that kind of stuff. So it was effective. Yeah, you know, I think that when I first turned it on, I thought it was going to be, oh, here's how good this person is at right. stealing, and she's going to be the perfect person for Leo to recruit. Right. And as I realized that this was actually a counter, you know, security measure, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot better. I think that that's a great way to set up her character as, boy, this woman has some skills. Right. But she's using them for a bank for a vault right i mean for hannah to be an internal security specialist person like that's one thing right to be you know working the firewalls and you know managing for you know all the you know different kinds of um protecting from being you know penetrated and that kind of stuff blimey the for then for her to be able to turn around and do human recruitment and human intelligence gathering and operational stuff like that like she did that's like second, that's a whole different skill set as far as I understand it from the spy movies that I watch. Um, and so for her to have both of those packages, that's a, she's high value, high threat, right? She is a, a um, very competent person if she can do both of those things and be a senior vice president or, you know, or, or become, you know, like, you know, as she throughout the episode to become a, you know, a senior vice president, like that's, that's a lot. She's got it all. Yeah. Well, I think that she's been working for this company for eight years, we find out, right? So she's been probably working in several different positions. She's probably been just the right-hand woman to Roger the whole time. Right. So I'm sure that she's had time to develop these. This didn't just happen overnight. Yeah, exactly. And it'll make sense to Roger why she has these skills, because it is going to be something where they probably went after smaller clients with the same shtick of, right. how can I break in? And she probably got better at it as she went up the food chain. Yeah, that's some good headcanon. I buy that. Yeah. All right, so next up, Hannah, Roger, and Andrew discuss a security breach before Hannah asks about the status of her promotion. Right, so here we see clearly that Hannah's got her eyes set in in climbing the ladder. And then at home, Hannah and her roommate discuss their jobs, and Hannah finds out that she's pregnant. So this was really a lot of the con- some confusion for me, and I think um, uh, mixed muddled the episode a little bit for me. I didn't get what was going on with uh, the roommate, and I didn't uh-huh. get what was going on with the pregnancy. Obviously, we're probably going to find out some more information about her, about Hannah's ongoing, some kind of relationship that's happening with her, um, because we didn't get any of that, I think, in, in this episode. Right. I mean, we kind of had the father blowing her off at some point. Yeah. But we didn't get too much development. Now, here's the interesting detail, though, is that Hannah is speaking Korean with her roommate. So are they friends long term? Have they lived together for many years? Does she know her family? Like, how did they end up doing this code switching kind of thing with Korean because Korean is a hard language to learn. Right. And you don't just do that on a whim. Right. So what is this about? That I'm really curious about. Yeah, big open question. Obviously, we've got more uh, more to learn from more of the episodes. I was confused too because I wasn't sure as at first like how intimate their relationship was. And I guess it's just roommates at, at this stage. I was uh, yeah. a, little, a little confused at the beginning. And then... Um, I, I just one minor criticism. That's a 
dope ass apartment that they're living in and for <laughs> her uh, her roommate to not be working and bringing in a paycheck in Manhattan and living that kind of lifestyle I was a little bit like nah <laughs> that's that's not very realistic I think that that's a clue though of their relationship like oh, okay all right like I'll maybe they are related yeah or something like that oh, like, okay you know yeah I think that it might be that Hannah is taking care of her, not just Got it. living with her. Right. So there's maybe a little bit more bonding, like near near familial bond kind of there. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I I'll think that. that they don't give us the name of her roommate in this. No. No. And I think that that is on purpose. I think that they are hiding something there. Right. Okay. All right. I'll take that up. I'll, I'll definitely take that all on board. Hannah tells her boss the breach was from the inside. Andrew responds dismissively. Roger tells her to keep following the lead. Yeah, clear setup here, right? Like the uh, guy, Andrew, uh, responding dismissively, like whether he did it or not, clearly like there's going to be uh, there's going to be something going on here. They, they laid that very bare. Yeah, yeah. He's a suspect, yeah. to say the least. Hannah's baby's father blows her off and her roommate agrees to work for SLS, Hannah's company. She later starts at SLS. So, I don't know, definitely laying some more track work for what's going to happen in in future episodes. Um, We've got to just see what's going to happen in the mailroom and how that's going to play, because I don't think you would do all that kind of setup for um, uh, just trying to get your (laughs) roommate a job. Well, here's my question, though, is if you know that something bad is going to go down here and you're going to be part of it... Why are you involving your roommate or relative in? That's a good question. Hannah is called into Roger's office with Andrew and Rajiv. Rajiv is promoted to junior vice president. Andrew is revealed to be the breach based on an incriminating yellow USB stick in his bag. And Hannah is promoted to senior vice president. I thought they played this this nicely, you know, because it was going to be another tale of you know, um, a young woman of color getting passed over for, for promotion. And uh, lo and behold, she, she gets uh, SVP, which is probably where she really wants to be in terms of uh, the, you know, the upcoming heist. But it was, you know, slickly played. And again, very, very simple stuff, but uh, effective and, and fun to watch. I did enjoy that she spent the whole episode stressing about the, G- the JVP position. Uh-huh. And then when she goes, oh, I thought Rajiv got the job. And he shrugs. You notice that with his yes. body language? Yeah, he yeah. shrugs yeah. and goes, did you and your vice president? Yeah. Like just dismissing yeah. it offhand. Like, ah, it's just a promotion. It's just right. a measly junior vice president. Yeah. Wow. You can definitely see how things mean different things to different people. That's right. Okay. Hannah meets Leo at the docks at Here the end. Here we go. Yep. And tells him that she has been promoted. They discuss the heist going forward. She hesitates but agrees to proceed. Later, a package of yellow USB drives with one missing is on Hannah's desk. So I I think where this episode did get me is when Hannah and Leo are on the docks talking. And she's talking about her promotion and, and life and stuff like that. And I got some really nice feels. And I don't know what triggered it. I don't know... Um what in the the you know milieu of the of the episode came together in that moment but you know maybe it was just uh Giancarlo and Tati Gabrielle together and the natural chemistry that they had on camera or whether it was um seeing this young woman like 
stepping up. Obviously, we have some fruition to the the heist, and we understand who the inside player is now. But by the end of the episode, this scene really brought the whole episode together for me. And I was um, at the end of this, I was like way more invested than I was at the very beginning. So I thought this was was a fun, fun way to end things for me on on yellow. Yeah, and also these yellow USB drives. She is really leaving them out in the open on her desk. This is one question I have for me. Roger is supposedly having all his employees tailed, right? Yeah. Nobody has binoculars and is like, oh, look, the yellow USB that matches Andrew's is on the desk. Right. Yeah, I think they had to leave it obvious for us uh, for us to pick up the, the clue, but it was... Um a little bit too obvious. Like maybe if we'd seen him in a drawer or something like right. that, that would have been a little she bit better. She puts a pen away and, and there's the USB yes, stick. Exactly. And yeah. uh, poor Andrew here, now we know he's a complete shill and, and he's uh, you know under threat of being ruined when he knows that he's totally innocent on this. So that's a, that, was fall a, guy. that was a harsh blow. Like that's ruthless. Like Hannah's ruthless. Yeah, she is willing to let anyone take the fall for what she needs to do. Right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to move on to the Diamond Way heist. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. And we're back. David, first of all, I want to get your general opinions, because I think this is sort of the action climax of the episode. Mm -hmm. What did you think overall of this Diamond Way heist? I, um, from an action standpoint, I didn't think it was that great, Um, but I'm giving it uh, a lot of allowances. I don't know if you've spent much time on 47th there. I've, uh, I've actually done some shopping uh, a couple of times uh, on Diamond I have not, Way. thankfully. Yeah, it's a wild place, man. Uh, it is bustling all the time. Uh, there's just people everywhere. It's just, it's a block wide. And, um, you know, it, there's just delivery vehicles and bike messengers and people shopping. I mean, it's the way they depicted it at the beginning of the, epi- uh, of, of the scenes is very, very true to life. Um, and I think there's like maybe one or two robberies that go down there every five or six, seven years. Somebody tries to, you know, pull off something a little crazy. But yeah, you go into these buildings and they've all these, there's all these showroom floors. And then you go up to the upper floors and you've got a buzz through everywhere. And everybody's got all these, you know, it's all these little individual offices. So it's pretty wild. 
And the idea that they could just, you know, break some glass and seal some stuff, uh, it's it's a little bit far-fetched, but I, I'm willing to, to go with it. Obviously, Bob here is the, you know, the big idiot and gets his thumb blown off. So, like, is he going to be able to crack a safe with, like, you know, uh, you know one hand, you know, minus, minus one thumb? Right. That's kind of tough. But, you know, I was happy for the action, and I was happy to see the crew you know, pull something off a little bit together to see what uh, what the show's got in terms of its um, action and adventure chops. Yeah, and I think that in general, sort of the watching the cinematography come together and watching sort of how different characters are framed in different places with their disguises and whatnot. Right. That was really fun to see, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that heist at the end now. Yeah. It was a little teaser, I think. Yeah, I definitely want to see more action. I, I, I hope I hope every episode we get a little something. That would be, uh, it, it would make for a good heist vibe to keep, you know, keep the heat on. Okay, so let's get into the actual breakdown. Sure. So first off, the team has their first meeting and determines that they need 350K or on the low side, 300K to do the job. Right. After their original plan of stealing money from the horse race gambling fund falls through, they settle on robbing Diamond Way. I don't understand why they went with this sort of bait and switch of the 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 two different heists. I thought that was a little from a script writing standpoint, I was a little confused by that. But, you know, maybe that was just to keep some momentum going and to I guess maybe you could say that it ups the stakes. Right, because it's not what they were planning on. It's not an easy thing. It's something that that's gonna be involved a little bit more and uh, really require all the talents of of the entire crew. I think it does two things. It first of all shows that Leo is not a perfect planner. Uh-huh. That things happen that are Good unforeseen point. that make his plans go wrong. Right, and then you also see that Bob has some kind of brain in him. Is that? True, when you see how he acts normally, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It did seem a little bit out of character, but maybe we just haven't seen enough of him yet. Right. So next, the team disguises themselves and detonates smoke bombs in all of the garbage cans on the block. They put on gas masks and break into the jewelry stores and steal a large amount of jewelry in 90 seconds. Pretty straightforward stuff, right? Uh, Yeah. It seemed all, you know, I, I would say realistically, you know, not so much, but for the show, it was fine. And uh, yeah, no, no no real complaints. Well, Leo calls time, but Bob becomes fixated on one piece of jewelry. He is shot in the hand while he tries to take it, but ultimately succeeds. RJ drives them away. I was uh, wondering too, because like suddenly like if Judy, you know, I think it was Judy who shot one of the guards. I think so, yeah. Kind of hit him in the shoulder, and I was like, wow, is this suddenly going to go to murder? This is going to turn the heat up on these guys, and it's going to be really hard to, you know, fence those uh, stolen diamonds. But uh, they played it off, uh, and it's okay. Yeah, I think that they deliberately showed us the shoulder so that it was like, all right, they just prevented them from continuing to shoot at them. Right, and it wasn't a cop, it was private security guy, whatever, and so that way they could sort of keep rolling. Because if you get too much heat on you like that, that's going to screw up the whole, sh- the whole storyline. It's true. All right. So Ava performs surgery on Bob's hand, and the team speculates on whether Bob can crack a safe with one hand. The team then buys their gear, and they are ready for that heist. And so Yellow, we are, what are we, we're six weeks out. So 
basically uh, what a month and a half before the actual heist is happening. Right. So that's that's right. cutting it pretty close in terms of getting their gear and getting their plan together. And I think at the start of the episode, we're six weeks out. Right. So that right. doesn't mean that, like, by the time that they do the Diamond Way heist, mm-hmm. that they, you know, gather it all together, that they got the gear and that they're setting it all up. There's really not a lot of time here. No, there's not. Which it will be fun to see how they pull it off, because I think we go to Orange, which is three weeks before. So we go three weeks, five days, and then the heist. So we've got two episodes between us and the heist at this point. So there's a lot. Uh, of high stakes stuff yet, I think, to come. Because not only do they got to get their gear, they got to get a working plan together. And then they've got to like deal with all of the unforeseen stuff yet, right? So. All right, David. So next up, we're going to be watching Green. And then we're going to come back and that'll come out this Saturday on the public feed. Okay. But before we go, let's do our housekeeping. So first of all, we have our Patreon lore masters that we like to give a shout out to every episode. We have Samartian, Mark H, and Michael G. Thank you so much, and thank you to all our patrons for supporting us. Um, It really means a lot that anyone supports us at all to do this, because we just like talking about nerdy stuff. (laughs) Thanks to all our our patrons. Thank you guys for for supporting us. It it makes a big difference as we have, obviously, a lot of fun doing this. Over on Bald Move, Jim and Aaron are currently covering The Last of Us when that comes out on HBO. I'm really excited to see that. I just replayed through the first game with my wife because it's one of my favorite games. Really bleak, but beautiful story. So character driven. And it is going to be such a good podcast show. And I'm going to be listening along the whole time. So check them out over on Bald Move Pulp or over on baldmove.com. I believe that starts January 15th. I think that's right. Yeah, and they're going uh, full coverage uh, from day one on that. So uh, yeah, definitely look forward to that coming up. And of course, go check out Electric Bookaloo over on the Bald Move House of the Dragon feed. Uh, A Clash of Kings continues with Maester Anthony reading a chapter every week. He's also doing Cocoons of Horror with his podcast buddy Steve. On the Lorehounds this month, we have two episodes coming out a week on Kaleidoscope, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Very excited to keep going on the show. We're going to try to silo each episode, but check the show notes for our watch order. Um, you can always go to patreon.com slash the Lorehounds if you want early and ad-free access and if you want to listen to Second Breakfast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. The Lorehounds podcast is produced by the Lorehounds and published by Bald Move. You can get ad-free and early versions of these episodes at patreon.com slash the lorehounds. Connect with us on Twitter at the lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback about this podcast to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works, 
and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.